0: These games will swing back and forth. No lead seems safe. But we've got to start with maybe a little
1: surprise, Phoenix sweeping Denver. Certainly for me, the amount of games was a huge surprise. I don't think anyone would have picked Phoenix in a sweep. I definitely had had them winning the series. But geez, yeah, uh, an absolutely clinical performance by the Suns. And probably for me, they are the most exciting team to be watching right now.
0: So I guess we'll, we'll get there in a sec. And there's big stories there with Chris Paul too. Hmm. So the nuggets have fallen, but we've got to talk about the MVP briefly. Jokic was absolutely humble and very brief in his acceptance speech. Just the fifth centre to win MVP in the last 40 years. Just the third player to be top five in points, rebounds, and assists in a season. And the stats the stats are huge.
1: I mean, he had, what, 32, 20, and 10 in that game as well.
0: Yep, just the third player to have a 30, 20, 10 in playoff games behind Wilt Chamberlain in 67 and Abdul Jabbar in 1970. But to me, it's the eye test. It's the things he does on the court. So it's funny, I showed you a tweet with a person the other week that had a speech bubble saying... There's no way Jokic deserves MVP. And then in the brain, it said, I've never seen Jokic play. Mm-hmm. And eye test is so important here. So there's a couple of really key moments in game three I want to talk about briefly. Not only is he the MVP, he's basically a point center. He's the PC MVP with great basketball IQ and decent D. Are you writing an ad for him? It's <laughs> <laughs> like your little, like, Jokic <laughs> jingle. My Jokic jingle. Jokic jingle, yeah. <laughs> but it's just his passing, which is just so impressive. So you'd think that when a guy is open, you hit him straight away, right?
1: Well, yeah. I'll tell you
0: two instances where Jokic pinpoint time the pass just magnificently. So there was one, I think it was Cam Johnson, where Cam Johnson's come to double. He spotted someone in the corner. Rather than pass it to them straight away, he's waited for Johnson to land then he's thrown the pass at the exact moment where he knows that the shot will go up, where Johnson will have to expend energy to go and contest it, but he won't get there in time to block it. There was another one, guy in the corner, doesn't throw the pass until Aaron Gordon gets into a rebounding position. It's just that stuff that, that just comes naturally to him, which is magnificent. But the, the one that was the best of all, he control tapped a rebound three times and then threw a no-look pass to Barton under the rim for a dunk. It was Magic Johnson-like. And this is a seven-footer we're talking about. He is just such a pleasure to watch. And people will say, well, hold on. They got swept. How the hell can he be the MVP if his team didn't even win a game in the second round?
1: Well, that's the thing.
0: But he's missing a very, very big co-star.
1: He's missing Jamal Murray. And we have to speak about very quickly, the curse of the MVP. I mean, if you look all the way back to the year after Shaquille O'Neal won it in 2000, Since that point, to the past 21 seasons, only Tim Duncan in 2003, LeBron James in 2012 and thirteen, and Steph Curry in 2015 have actually won a championship and an MVP. Yeah, it's hard to do. Most guys that win it do not make even the finals, let alone win it.
0: And we all know how good Jamal Murray was in the bubble last year in the playoffs. So that was a big player to be missing. Yeah. Big player.
1: And Barton came back in game three and he provided
0: some really good help for them, but it just wasn't enough.
1: Well, I suppose what we should do is talk about a couple of the players for Denver that really kind of let them down. I mean, the the first one, I guess, and there's a really, really good correlation between Michael Porter Jr.'s performances and Denver's performances in the playoffs in particular. So Denver went four wins and six losses in the playoffs in their two series. In their four wins, they shot 46.5% from three. Michael Porter Jr. shot it at 53.5%. Nice. Impressive. In their six losses, the Nuggets shot 33% and Porter Jr. was at 31%.
0: And I've got some eye test stuff on Porter too. So yes, he'll have some steals in the box score across the games, but his D really let them down, particularly in game three. He overcommits. He goes for steals when he should be defending a guy. I'll I'll take a guy playing solid one-on-one D and not letting their man pass them over maybe one or two steals every game of the week. The other the other thing that really bothers me with him is he remonstrates and gets pissed off when there isn't a foul. So there was one where it was basically a four on five because he stayed back bitching to the refs. And he was still bitching to the refs when the ball came back down the other side of the court. So not only did he not play defence on one possession, he basically didn't play offence on the next possession. And I know we've talked about guys like Jokic and Doncic complaining to the refs, but at least they do it at the right time. They do it during a stoppage when it's not hurting their team as much. Yeah. He was really hurting the team on the defensive
1: end. Yeah.
0: Now, I know the other one is going to be Aaron Gordon, and I defended him on eye-test grounds in the first series, but I cannot defend the indefensible. He was very poor in the second round.
1: Yeah. Like, I know that stats aren't everything, but they're also not nothing. No. And if you look at his series, nine points a game, only 3.8 rebounds a game. Yep. Now, to put that into perspective, Chris Paul averaged more rebounds than that. Yeah. JaVale McGee played 27 total minutes in the series and averaged more than that. Yeah. So, really... For a guy who came in there as this this is going to be the missing piece in the puzzle. Now, again, we know there's no Jamal Murray, but this was a great opportunity for Gordon to step in and step up and start putting up some big numbers. He should have been averaging 17 and 8 in that series. He
0: slumped at the wrong time. I tell you what, I reckon he must have broken a mirror while walking under a ladder and holding a black cat. Because every 50-50 call went against him. When he finally did get a lob, it was ever so slightly out of his hands. He just could not catch a break in that series.
1: There's kind of a weird parallel between him and Will Magne at the moment.
0: Definitely. Absolutely, there is. That's a very, very good analogy. Like, you guys
1: expected to be that missing piece on a team challenging for a championship. Big man. Playing with a team where their star player is injured or one of their star players is injured not really at the level expected. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Probably the only difference is that Perth won their final. Yes, yeah. Denver yep. lost it. Yep. I'm very annoyed that
0: Jokic got ejected in game four when the game was on the line. And I quite frankly, I think it was absolutely bullshit. He swiped down on the ball against a much smaller campaign, grazed his nose, which hurt him, but he got 99% ball. I can't believe he got thrown out Yeah, it's... after remonstrating with Booker.
1: Uh, that's a, a flagrant one every day of the week.
0: How many MVPs get thrown out in a playoff game? Would that have happened to LeBron, Durant? But- it's,
1: it's a joke. No one's, yeah. I don't think many people are going to try and tell you that it was a, a flagrant two. It was a joke. So, Chris Paul's tested positive for COVID, even though he has the vaccine. Hang on, hang on. Let's let's, <laughs> let's talk about how good Chris Paul was in this series first. Oh, he was magnificent. Okay. He was magnificent. So, I'm running through his stats. 25.5 points a game, 10.3 assists a game, 62.7% from the field, 75% from three. And a total of five turnovers over the four games.
0: Oh yeah, his assist to turnover ratio. Was magnificent. More than
1: eight to one. Yep. Eight to one.
0: Yep. And great eye test stuff too. Yeah. Like he he was. I saw three of the four games in this series. He was fantastic.
1: Do you know, he actually tied a record, a, a really random one as well, because he's quite a good three point shooter. So, in game four, he had thirty seven points without a three pointer. That ties the record with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points in a playoff game by someone over 36 years of age. Yes, I saw that without a single three-pointer. Yeah, and all of that in his first ever series sweep. Well, yeah, really. Yep. There you go. Not a single sweep in his career until he his mid-range. I mean, they were, obviously, we, we refer to him as the mid-range maestro. Everyone does. He was just... Tearing them apart. Unstoppable. Yeah. Get through that pick and roll. He'd get Jokic involved, and he had his way with him. It was amazing.
0: Booker had 81 in the closeout game so far in the first two rounds. Only Jordan has had more in the first two series in 1989 and 1992. And boy, are they peaking at the right time, the Phoenix Suns. As a team... And I'll round up here with the 0.5s. But they shot 52 from field, 43 from the three-point line, and 90 from free throw line. Pretty
1: decent. As a team, they had a 50-40-90. Pretty decent. Wow. Do you know the funny thing, though? What's actually even more impressive for me is their defense. They rank number one in the playoffs for points allowed per game, opponent field goals made per game, opponent field goal percentage, and opponent three-point percentage. Yep. They are the best defensive team in the playoffs right now, And they've been the best
0: team since the shutdown last season, Mm. including
1: the bubble. Yep.
0: Why not Phoenix? They're kind of bucking the conventional wisdom that you need to have a heartbreak before you win a championship. This team absolutely could win a championship.
1: Well, their heartbreak was that they won out in the bubble last year and yeah, still didn't out. get to play in the yeah, playoffs. So that's, yeah. that's a pretty decent heartbreak to go through. Yeah, yep, yeah. You, yep. I mean, absolutely. Why not them? They've got everyone playing the right roles. I mentioned Jay Crowder. He's playing out of his yes, skin right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. He's magnificent. You know, Campaign, as you mentioned, has had a superb playoff so far. Mikel Bridges is shooting the ball really well. Cam Johnson's playing his part. Ayton. Yep. They're, they're all just doing such a great job. And I'll tell you what, Monty Williams. He is absolutely the coach of the year for me. I I just don't see how anyone is out-coached him this year.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So, we'll look at the the Chris Paul stuff as that unfolds. That's fairly new news, that one. Where do you want to go next?
1: Well, look, we'll spend a little bit less time on the other three series because they're not finished yet. But, look, we've got to go to Brooklyn. Oh, yes. I mean, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So... Game five finished yesterday. Brooklyn won in an absolute cracker of a game, a game that they had no right in winning. Absolutely not. No Kyrie Irving, about 10% of James Harden.
0: Oh, look, I'll I'll dispute the 10% thing a little bit. There has been a lot of commentary speaking as if he was playing on two crutches and going to the sidelines for the old Christopher Scase ventilator. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, he was fairly mobile. He was getting up and down the court. The, the thing to me was that they just weren't testing him enough. So Budenholzer said all the right things in the quarter-time interview that they were going to attack him, but they just didn't. And and I think that the key to show that he was underdone was that he, did, he wasn't driving much. So he took it to the rack, I think, once in the first half, and that was right near the end of the first half, maybe three times for the whole game. One was fairly weak. So he was clearly underdone, mm-hmm. but I don't think he was as bad as some people are saying.
1: What did he shoot from the field? Oh, yeah, he shot
0: poorly. He, what, he was what, basically
1: playing decoy. What, what did he shoot from the he field? He shot though? one
0: attempt. What's that as a percentage? Uh, it's ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah, but he wasn't playing ten percent. But yeah, yeah. He, he, he's, I'll tell you what. He, he wouldn't have played the minutes he played if he was at ten no, percent physical capacity. No. And and he was playing decoy out there. And the bucks the bucks blew a golden opportunity. There's no other way to put but
1: this. It. This does fall back on Boonenholzer. Absolutely. This is I mean, he is a great coach, but this is probably Oh, I don't know if he is anymore. I've well, been defending him. No, no, no. Him. He, he is a he is a very good coach, but this is one of the worst coach games you could imagine. There were no adjustments made. We'll talk about Durant in a second, but when he started going off, I mean they had a big lead early, it was 17 points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They made no adjustments. You put Giannis on him, you make a, you make him shoot over a taller player. Absolutely. You you put Harden in pick and rolls, you make him defend. If he ends up on Giannis on the other end, you back him down and you dunk on his head. You just expose him.
0: And you're right. They were up 16 at halftime. And the TNT crew, Charles and Kenny particularly, were absolutely pillaring them. They were saying they should be up 20 to 24. And I agree. They just, this Milwaukee team does not have the killer instinct. And if they don't win the championship, I think Buttonholzer gets, fo- gets fired.
1: Absolutely. I reckon he does. Yeah. I mean- and
0: probably justifiably so. There's no way they should have let this game go. It was a monumental choke, yeah, monumental. And that does take a little bit away from Kevin Durant, who had an all-timer. There's no doubt. Like Kevin Durant in base mode is a thing to behold. He was magnificent, and he was switched on.
1: It was like he just remembered that he's the most talented offensive player in the world. Oh, he
0: was he was fantastic.
1: Because fantastic. like I had absolutely no interest when I saw the game was 17 points. I put my phone down. I thought, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not even going to follow this because I'm at work. It doesn't matter. Yep. And then all of a sudden I get a message from you saying, geez, barn burner in Brooklyn. Yeah, I thought, what are you talking about? Yeah, chucked it on. I was like, oh my God, Yeah, Brooklyn are in front. What? Yep. So ended up and, and it's it
0: interesting to reflect. So when I looked at it at work, looking at the box score and everything, I thought, oh, yeah, Durant's had an all-timer. But when you actually watch the game, you're like, Milwaukee blew this big time, hmm. big time. It's, wow. Yeah. If I was one of their
1: fans, I would not be happy at <laughs> all. You have to say probably the biggest thing that sucked from this game was Durant missing that free throw that would have given him 50. Yes. That, yeah. that to me, was, was the real disappointment. But here's the thing, and this is what makes this game so crazy. Have a guess how many guys played in all 48 minutes of a non-overtime game this season. I wouldn't be surprised if you said zero. One. Okay. Kevin Durant. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yep. he was the only guy to play and to put a guy who did his Achilles in the 2019 NBA finals to put him through 48 minutes in a game where they're basically saying we're we're going all in on this because if we lose this oh yeah it's going to be hard to win the series yeah.
0: and and it's got to be said that Kyrie injury in game 3 did not look good no it, that looked serious.
1: That looked like it could, but maybe, maybe not the whole series, like the whole... Oh, re- I think re- oh, the, the round. The, no, the whole rest of the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah, certainly this round, I don't expect to see him back.
0: No, definitely so, not. So... Definitely not.
1: And it's got to be said, Milwaukee had a chance. It was
0: still only a two-point game with 20-odd seconds left. Middleton drive to the basket, basically gave a handoff to Janus, and it was one of those typical spent it before he had it. He had a dunk there, but he fumbled it out of bounds. It was a massive choke. I can't believe
1: it. Just one other thing I did want to quickly talk about in regards to, I guess, the adjustments that they failed to make. So, when you've got a guy like Durant who's absolutely going off, James Harden's shooting like he's barely played basketball. Kyrie Irving's not in the game.
0: Yep. Even Harris didn't play particularly well.
1: Joe Harris is 6 of 30 in his last three games.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Bruce Brown doesn't look like the same player no, he was, he was, was, he
0: was non, he's, he's been disappointing. A non factoring game for him.
1: why would you not run two guys at them and say, Right, Joe Harris, make some shots? Absolutely. You know, you, you've got him and Jeff Green. Jeff Green, who we've got to very quickly give some props to. We did some predictions in terms of bold stuff, you know, what's going to happen in. Yeah, he bo-
0: every time he bobs up for at least one good game every plus doesn't matter what jersey he's wearing.
1: And one of the bold predictions that you made. Yeah, and I, we don't. I don't know if this actually made the cut, but you said that Jeff Green will pop up and have a big game. It didn't
0: make the cut last year, but I mentioned it a couple
1: of weeks ago. Yeah, twenty-seven points on seven of eight three pointers. Like he played huge minutes, made some massive shots. But yeah, no one else really did that much. Yeah. So here's a thought: make someone else beat you. Yep. And Put Janice on
0: Durant, double Durant. Like, oh, man, the coaching was poor. Like, like Charles like, called them the dumbest team in the playoffs. He might have even called them the dumbest team in the league. It, and he still, this, get this, Stewie, he
1: still picked them to win the championship. Well, well do you know, the big thing, and, I, and I, I'll kind of stick up for, for Chuck here, the one big positive is that Budenholzer and the Bucks have got two days to sit there and read everything in the media and say, huh, you know what? Maybe we should put Giannis on KD. And
0: maybe we should watch the footage of James Harden.
1: Yeah, if James Harden... He's is, not driving. If he's on Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday needs to take him to the basket. Absolutely. Or, or whatever, the, whatever the go is. Yep. The other thing as well, though, that they need to work on, I guess, is their, their play calling down the stretch. 11 of their last 17 possessions in that game were ISO plays. Yeah, well, and and they weren't even ISOing the right defender, mm. James Harden. This is it. They're, they're, oh. they're going ISO at. I feel probably. sorry for
0: Buck fans. Like I really do. Yeah,
1: it's it's tough. I must admit, I can't see Brooklyn losing this series from here, even without. Irving, and even with Harden playing it. It'd be really
0: interesting to see if Harden plays the next game. Has he done his Willis Reed? Has he played his decoy game? Give him a rest for game six.
1: Well, I heard that Reggie Miller was saying, do they rest Harden and Durant for game six and go all in on game seven? I mean, how dumb would that be? I, I don't know. I, I love Reggie Miller, but that's... I, I, I wouldn't rest Durant. You can't.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't rest Durant. But Harden, I don't know, maybe. Mm. Maybe, because, because maybe Nash will say, okay, we, we're playing with house money there. They didn't defend him properly. They'll definitely defend him properly in game six. So, let's sit him game six. So, they'll game plan for it and then, sure enough, he won't play. Could be a good strategy. But I, not Durant. You've got to play Durant.
1: I think you've got to start. You hard. can close this out. You've got to start hard and see what happens.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you
1: know, he might still play well. Anyway, so, I guess that leads us perfectly into Atlanta and Philly. You know, you've got one series that's nearly done there in the East and we've got another one that's... Oh, and like I said, Philly have said, oh, you
0: choked Milwaukee? Hold our beer. Yeah. Because...
1: 26-point <laughs> lead late in the third quarter of Game 5. And this is after another choking Game 4. You've got a crazy stat on that.
0: So get this, Stewie. The 76ers are the only team to blow an 18-point lead in back-to-back playoff games in the last 25 seasons. And, and I've got to talk quickly about the end of Game 4. So it was a great fourth quarter. It seesawed back and forwards. Definitely worth watching. Atlanta gave the 76ers a shot with just 16 seconds left and only a point up. I can't believe this, though. The 76ers had a chance to tie the game and send it into OT. Now, neither team had timeouts left. But Atlanta were all defending behind the three-point line. No one was above the three-point arc. And the 76ers didn't get a shot off. They didn't even get a shot off. They rolled out the red carpet for them. Like... Oh, my God. This is a comedy of errors. And then today.
1: You feel bad for Bucks fans. Oh, I, I, man. And, and ugh, we got to talk about Ben Simmons, too. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the Australian elephant in the room, unfortunately. Ben Simmons had a really good series against Washington, but for the most part, he's been a liability in this series. He's
0: been non-existent.
1: Like, you can't keep him on the floor with his foul shooting. He is 12 of 39 in woeful. series. 31%. Absolutely woeful. How can you have a guy on the court play 38 minutes and only register four field goal attempts? Do you know Shake Milton and George Hill had five? Yeah. And- well, if it weren't for Seth Curry, they probably would have lost by 30. Yeah. I-, I hate to say it, but is Ben Simmons actually overrated? How's this, Stewie?
0: You wondered if Tobias Harris was their second best player rather than Ben. Tobias Harris had a shocker today too. Mm-hmm. So they got nothing out of two of their three stars. And poor Embiid's playing on a torn meniscus in his
1: knee. And he is doing everything he can. Don't avoid the question, Nate. Is Ben Simmons overrated? Well, no, because his stocks have dropped dramatically.
0: That's the only reason why he's not. Mm. But have we we thought the wrong thing about Ben Simmons? Is he more of a kind of Rudy Gobert, where he's more of a defender and an elite passer with great IQ? You know, do we need to think of him as like a Ben Wallace, small forward kind of player? You know, you're going to get elite defense out of him. You're going to get great passing out of him. You just can't rely on him to score. It's I mean, true. Ben Wallace has, has been shortlisted for the Hall of Fame next season.
1: He's probably got a career point per game average of about five. Yeah. So, a, so
0: maybe we need to look at
1: him in that view. It's a good point, actually. I dare say that's actually probably a better way of, of looking at it. The thing is, though, like he's got the handle. He's got the ability to, to do things. But until he can shoot free throws, yep. you know, th- this is the thing. With Shaq, you could leave him in the game because – you try and foul him and he'd still dunk on your head.
0: Yeah. Well, there are a couple of seasons there where even Shaq had to be subbed out, but well, they had Kobe yeah. to close. That's yeah. the thing.
1: But the, but this is the thing. You can't do that with Ben Simmons. And seeing him sitting on the bench as one of the two franchise players in a one-point game it's in the not fourth a quarter, quarter good look. it's a yeah. horrible look. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I just I've heard a lot of people say that Philadelphia will not and cannot win a championship with Ben Simmons on the roster. And I hate to say it, but I think they're right. Well,
0: he's only 24 but you wonder if if this is the Ben Simmons we've got and like I said maybe we need to reevaluate his role he's still very important defensively hey he'll play the first 35 minutes of the game maybe that's the role he needs mm. but doc rivers I'll tell you what he has coached the wrong team on the wrong side of a lot of playoff chokes a lot yeah. including last season with the clippers so crucky
1: yeah And look, hats off to the Hawks. You know, we're very quick to focus on the negatives in terms of what the Sixers are doing. Yeah,
0: no, Trey Young has been magnificent.
1: His poise and his ability to read the play and and just just how well he's played in his first playoffs has blown me away. I, I can't believe just, yeah, how good he looks for a guy that young.
0: Youngest player with 25 plus points and 15 plus assists in a playoff game.
1: And I think the first guy to do that since Tim Hardaway in about 1991. So, look, he's had a really, really great series. His floater game is going – like, they're running him off those three-pointers. Yep. And he's he's taking what the defense is giving him. He's getting into the lane. He's shooting his floaters. I've even seen a couple of mid-range jumpers from him, which is yep. something that is almost unheard of with Trey Young. But, yeah, he makes the right passes. He's getting guys involved. And the thing is, they won today. Like, you know, some of these guys, like Kevin Herder had a donut on, like – Yeah, okay. You know, on, on pretty poor shooting. Gallinari and, and you know, to a lesser extent, Bogdanovich haven't shot the ball amazingly. Luke Williams was the secondary hero today. He's a plus minus of plus 31 in about 22 minutes. <laughs> 15 points. He Again, he was great instant offense off the bench. But
0: now they can go home and try and close it out in six.
1: Yeah, they've got a, a really, really good opportunity. And I dare say, if they get through and Brooklyn get through, Atlanta might just win the East.
0: Well, just like we said, Phoenix, why not? <laughs> Why not Atlanta? I don't know if Atlanta can win the championship, but they could win the East. Uh, who knows? Anything. Anything I can just, happen. Yeah, There's no- so many injuries. Should we move on to the next series? We have to, yeah. Kawhi Leonard might be out for the playoffs now. Yep. And then in spite of that, playoff P
1: actually turned up. He yeah. won in Utah. Yeah, no pandemic P.
0: But they've, they lost a number of home games against Dallas in the first round. There's no guarantee they win game six at home.
1: Mm. But look, to talk about quickly how important the Kawhi Leonard loss is, if you look at the fourth quarters, in the six wins that the Clippers have had in this playoff so far this year, he is currently 16 of 16 from the field. Hasn't yep. missed a single shot in the fourth quarter. Yep. Close out. Wow. And he was perfect at the line until he missed two in their last win. So he's 11 of 13 from the free throw line as well.
0: I think that might have even been the play where he got injured, was it? Where he missed those free throws. Uh,
1: uh, might have been, actually. I yeah. remember
0: him grimacing and going to the foul line. Oh, look, I have watched so much in the last <laughs> week. It
1: all blurs together. It, it all blurs It's Yeah, it's just crazy, you know, losing a guy as clutch as that and then all of a sudden Paul George has probably his best playoff game Unquestionably. Of his career.
0: Unquestionably. Definitely. And
1: a lot of people will say, yeah, he's had better games in terms of points and all that sort of stuff. But the rebounding is huge. His rebounding is going to be massive over the next couple of games because they can't go big. Every time Zubach is in the game, they run him in, into a pick-and-roll. Yeah,
0: you can burn him. Doncic was having him for breakfast yeah, in the pick-and-roll and in the Mitchell. first round. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell was doing Do the exactly same thing. the same. Yeah.
1: Do you know who's got the best plus-minus on the Clippers right now in the playoffs? No. Nicholas Batum.
0: Yeah, well, he's a very good defender and, and a handy player. Role players, people underestimate role players in the playoffs. They're so important. They are so important.
1: This is the thing. So they've, they've had to go small ball because of this. Batum's doing a great job, but that's where the likes of Paul George. I mean, I think when did he have 16 rebounds today? Something like that. Something
0: like that. Yeah, a huge. Amount obviously, of rebounds. haven't had a chance to watch it yet because yeah. we're at work. But looking forward to watching that one. But yeah.
1: he, he had a lot of rebounds, and when he does that, this is this is when the Clippers win. They need to rebound by committee. You know, guys like Morris, guys like Paul George, Batum, obviously doing doing a great job. That's where they're going to win. Utah
0: need Conley back desperately. They do desperately. They've been a different team without him. Yeah. So as always, we'll post our picks for the next series because they will happen before we record next. Yep.